Well, the author of Ecclesiastes says that for everything there is a season. And that word season is one that we use often. Uh, we use it, often tell people that whatever we're currently going through is a season. For some of us, that may be a season of joy or maybe of hardship or trial. I think the one that I hear most often uh, is that we're just in a season of busyness, which in reality is usually just a culturally acceptable term to cover up what's truly normal in our lives. We also use the word season to describe a time of year like summer or spring or activities that we or our kids involved in like hunting season or soccer season or football season. And of course, we often use it to describe the holiday season as well. And so with this in mind, we're now in the season of Advent. Advent is a time where Christians look back and look forward. Uh, so <clears throat> during Advent season, the four weeks leading up to Christmas, Christians look back on the first advent or the arrival of our Messiah, and we look forward with great anticipation for his return. Uh, now, I realize that you may not have grown up in a liturgical tradition. I know I certainly didn't, and so uh, I realize that celebrating advent may be new for you and your family, and if it is, I just want to encourage you by saying, uh, I am so thankful to be a part of a church that both acknowledges and participates in this special season as we celebrate the birth of of our Savior Jesus Christ. So if you are new to this, today and over the next few weeks, we're going to break from our normal preaching calendar, and we're going to look how we optimize this Advent season. And we're going to cover some different topics. We're going to cover the topic of waiting, of reflecting, of teaching, and of reorienting. Uh, and then as Nick said, we're going to gather together on Christmas Eve, and we are going to celebrate the birth of our Savior. And all of this, guys, it's reflected in the Advent guide that you, we started passing out last week or uh, the, guide that, the guide that Kai uh, talked about uh, at Welcome today. And if you haven't picked one of those up, I highly encourage you to get one and actually read through it in its entirety. Uh, our staff did a great job putting that together, uh, and I think it will be beneficial to you. So, uh, so today we're going to be talking about Advent as a season of waiting. Because although a lot of preparation goes into uh, the holiday season, I think we need to be reminded sometimes of the importance of preparing our hearts uh, for this season. And so what we're going to see is that, that waiting is something that the Lord often uses in this effort uh, to prepare our hearts. Uh, so with this in mind, today we're going to look back and we're going to reflect on how for centuries God's people waited for the first advent. Uh, and then we're going to look forward. We're going to look at some New Testament passages uh, that provide us with some instruction for how we can faithfully wait for his return. And so uh, as we do this, we're going to talk. Uh, it's going to be a pretty simple message. We're going to look at uh, how believers are to wait patiently, uh, how believers are to wait peacefully. And then we're going to talk about some ways that we can wait purposely in this season as well. Because, guys, let's face it, we're always waiting on something, right? All of us. And waiting is hard. Uh, kids know this. I mean, right now, cr uh, Christmas Day is on the calendar, and there's a lot of excitement about a lot of anticipation. It can be hard for kids to wait for that. Our, our setup team knows this. We've been waiting for a, a permanent space, a facility. Uh, these guys know how hard it is to wait, uh, and a lot of you guys know as well. Some of you today, uh, you may be waiting on news which will uh, dramatically impact your future. could be a job application you've put in. You're waiting to hear back on that. It uh, could be a test result which could impact your health. Uh, maybe some of you guys are waiting for a future pregnancy, or maybe you're waiting in the adoption process like my family. Whatever it is, waiting can be hard. Uh, others here may be waiting for your prayers to be answered, or at least answered in the way uh, that you think that God should answer them. And all of this, guys, waiting is hard. But in the waiting, God is always at work in our lives and growing us. 
And waiting allows us to acknowledge this, to acknowledge the all-sufficient power of God. Waiting allows us to slow down and rest and trust in God's goodness, to draw our strength from him as we anticipate his return. Uh, And the the Bible's full of stories of God's people waiting. And so as we slow down in this season of Advent, uh, one of the things that I want to point out today is that for centuries, God's people waited for the coming of Christ uh, as he was promised long before his birth in Bethlehem. At the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis 3, just after Adam and Eve sinned and just before God cast them out of the garden, uh, God made a very important promise, and it was a bit of an unusual promise. His promise was that the seed of a woman would one day crush the head of Satan and make a way for humanity to once again be in right relationship with God. This uh, was an unusual promise because it's the only time in Scripture that a woman is ever referred to as having seed, uh, which is a term that's generally reserved for men. Uh, but this unusual promise of the seed of a woman, I uh, guess it makes sense to us, on, to those of us on this side of the cross, uh, as, as we know that Jesus, who is the promised seed, was miraculously conceived uh, by the Holy Spirit through the Virgin Mary. But guys, did this promise arrive instantly? Not at all, right? God's people waited. And then in Genesis 12 and 15, we see God promised this seed once again as he promised that the seed of Abraham would one day bless and rule the nations. But did this promise arrive instantly? Again, not even close. God's people waited. And then again in the book of 2 Samuel, we see God promised that the seed would come through uh, the line of David as well. Did this promise happen instantly? Not at all. God's people waited and waited. Guys, generation after generation of God's people waited as they anticipated, anticipated the Messiah who would one day rule and reign. And then in Luke chapter 1, in God's perfect timing, about 400 years approximately after the closing of the New Test, Old Testament, we find two faithful God followers known as Zechariah and Elizabeth who were old in age but whom an angel promised would conceive and give birth to John the Baptist. And this was to fulfill the prophecy that, that John the Baptist would be the one that would make a way or would announce uh, the Lord's coming. And then shortly after, we find the angel Gabriel who came to a young virgin named Mary and declared that she would miraculously conceive and give birth to a son named Jesus. The Bible tells us that he was a direct descendant of Abraham and David through Joseph, who was Jesus' earthly father. The Bible also tells us that as he was miraculously conceived by the Holy Spirit, that he was therefore the seed of the woman that was promised in Genesis 3. He lived a perfect life on earth. He died the death that was meant for us in our sin on the cross, and he rose again, conquering death and crushing the head of Satan, as Romans 16 tells us. And friends, one day he will return. Guys, this is what the season of Advent is all about, is reflecting that even in the waiting, God is always at work, and he's always faithful to his promises. And so as Christians on this side of the cross, how do we wait well for his second, his, his second advent or his arrival? How do we wait faithfully? As the answer is we look back and, on God's faithfulness, that he's always true to his promises. And we, 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 find, we find hope in that, that he is always true to those promises. And then we faithfully look forward as we anticipate his return. And so with this in mind, my first point today is that the season of Advent allows us to wait patiently. In James chapter 5, James addresses believers that were scattered due to persecution. 
Uh, and in doing so, he reminds them, and he's not going to right all the wrongs of, of this world until Jesus returns. But in the meantime, that believers are to wait patiently. And so I, I realize that not all of us are facing the same types of persecution that James's readers were. Uh, but the fact that we live on this side of heaven in a broken world as we do, I know that all of us today have experienced hardship, we've experienced trials, maybe even persecution of some kind. Uh, and so my hope is that we can be encouraged by the instruction that James provides in this passage. He says in James chapter 5, verses 7 and 8, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it? Until it receives the early and late rains, you also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. And guys, I know that not all of us are, not all of us are farmers these days. And so to basically uh, or quickly explain what James is saying, he's, he, he's basically saying that no crop appears overnight. The farmer must wait patiently. He doesn't stand around doing nothing. Uh, as he works, he's faithful to work and plant the seeds and cultivate the crops, which is the part that he's responsible for. But ultimately, the farmer understands that the growth of those seeds is completely out of his control. And so he must be patient as he looks forward to the harvest. And so in the same way, James uses this analogy to picture the Christian as a spiritual farmer who works but yet waits patiently as he looks forward to the spiritual harvest. In other words, as believers, we're to faithfully work and cultivate the life that God has given to us while we simultaneously trust in his promises and as we patiently wait for the coming harvest or his return. In light of this, patience shows a willingness to trust and to submit to God's timing for our lives. Patience releases control. The farmer can't control the weather. He can't control the interruptions or the storms that will come, but what can he do? He can be patient as he trusts that the Lord is at work and faithful to his promises. And so, friends, although most of us don't farm these days, this still applies to us greatly because the reality is that most of us don't like to wait. And if we're honest, I'd say most of us probably don't wait very well or at least very patiently. We don't like waiting in traffic. We don't like waiting in lines at the store. We don't like waiting in doctor's offices. And I know uh, most of us don't like waiting for test results from those doctor's offices. I know I don't. And many of us don't handle those situations very well. In fact, uh, in many of those situations, I'd say a lot of us grow impatient or irritable, or demanding or anxious. But guys, the reality is that to wait patiently is a testimony of our faith. To wait patiently means that we understand that a lot of the life that we encounter every day is both out of our control and God's means to grow us. And so how we handle difficult people in difficult situations matters. We're not to be short-tempered. We're not to react in a way that would give false testimony to our faith. But instead, by trusting that God uses these situations to grow us, we can wait faithfully and we can displace patience with others and in others in difficult situations. Because the reality is we don't get to decide how much traffic there's going to be or how long lines will be. We don't get to dictate how long doctor's appointments will be. We don't get to decide whether our kids will behave or cooperate in any given moment. We don't get to decide when we'll get sick or when stuff breaks or when interruptions happen. But just like the farmer, we can work and wait patiently as we trust that God is always at work in our lives. Because through waiting, we can learn to trust God more completely. 
love what John Piper says about this. He says, God is always doing 10,000 things in your life, and you may be aware of three of them. When we grow impatient, we overestimate our own ability to control our circumstances, and we underestimate the good that God can do through unwanted inconveniences and unexpected delays. As I was putting this message together, I was thinking about how this applies to me. I was thinking about COVID. COVID revealed some needed areas for growth for for me in the area of waiting patiently. Uh, Maybe some of you guys can relate to this, but before COVID, my family's life was busy. I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate. Uh, Elizabeth and I were working hard, running here and there. Kids are involved in a lot of extracurricular activities. And then, guys, things stopped. You know what I mean? They stopped. And what could we do but wait? Wait for things to get back to normal. Wait for stores and restaurants to open up again. Wait to see family and friends again. Uh, maybe we also had to wait to come back and return to worship on Sundays. We had to wait. And I'll admit that I, at first I didn't wait very patiently. And I, was, I was pretty anxious a lot about, it, about a lot of things. It took me some time to, to come down and to slow down. And to recognize that even through something as horrible as COVID, that God is at work and always has been at work. But here's eventually what happened. My heart did slow down. My family slowed down. I became more patient. I realized how little control I have over a lot of the little things in my life that I was trying to control. And I became less anxious. My, my time with the Lord was sweeter. My prayers were richer. My, my time with my family and friends was sweeter. I was much more patient in the unexpected interruptions of life that used to drive me crazy sometimes. And I'm thankful for that. To be clear, I'm not thankful uh, for the hardships and suffering that people experienced during COVID. I'm not thankful for some family and friends that I lost to COVID. What I am thankful for, however, was the reset of my heart that occurred during that time. But you guys can guess what happened when things began to open back up and things began to go back to normal. Things sped back up, and I began to grow less patient again. I began to try and take control over the little things in my life again, and I became more, I became more anxious and more irritable. And I began to miss a lot of sweet moments with the Lord and with my family and friends again. And so, guys, if you can relate to this at all, let me just encourage us all today uh, to, to capitalize on the season of Advent or waiting as an opportunity to slow down and reset our hearts once again. To wait patiently as we work and live and plant our crops, meaning as we go about our lives, while we trust that God is at work and as we look forward to the harvest of his return. Because he is in complete control. His timing is perfect. And with this in mind, my second point today is that the season of Advent allows us to wait peacefully. Wait peacefully. Just as waiting patiently is a testimony to our faith, so is waiting peacefully. Uh, But let me ask you this question. Anybody anxious about anything today? I'm guessing there's a few of you that are. I am too, right? If I'm honest, even though uh, in my head I sometimes know that God is working through certain situations, I can still worry. I can still become anxious about the outcome of some certain situations. But the season of Advent allows us the opportunity to wait peacefully as as we look back to Christ's coming, as we look forward to his future return, Uh, And be reminded that God has a grand plan for history that is so much bigger than just you and I. And so as we wait, we should pray with this in mind. Because prayer, as Paul says, is the path to peace. In Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, God says this through Paul. He says, do not be anxious about anything. 
But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, if I'm honest, guys, that's one of those verses I feel like we give to people like an aspirin. Are you anxious? Don't be. The Bible says don't be anxious. Pray about it. Everything will be better in the morning. Right? But that's not what Paul is saying here. He's saying that the path to peace is to pray with supplication, which are earnest prayers, and I, what I'm sure most of you guys are doing, and to pray with thanksgiving. The season of Advent allows us this opportunity to slow down, to pray, and to be thankful. Thankful that the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, as Second Peter says, uh, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Thankful that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, the seed that was promised, to die on the cross for our sin. Advent allows us this opportunity to slow down and be reminded of his faithfulness and that no matter what happens in our lives, that peace is possible because of Christ that loves us and died for us. I mentioned earlier some of you guys are waiting on some news that uh, may dramatically impact your future. Maybe it was a job application you're waiting to hear feedback on or a test result or maybe for you it's a future spouse. You want to get married. I mentioned some of you guys are waiting for future pregnancy or possibly maybe even an adoption process like my family. And I realize that a lot of these things can cause anxiety. I know that they can for me. And this is another reason I love this season of Advent because during the season, uh, my family, we have uh, an Advent wreath like this one, not exactly like that one, but like this one at home. Uh, and during the season, man, in the evenings, we, we gather together, uh, we read a short devotional together uh, that helps us to look back that helps us to look forward, to be reminded of this grand plan uh, that God has, that he's in complete control, and, and we pray. And guys, this process does exactly what Paul promises it will do. It brings peace to us as we recognize he's in complete control. No matter the outcome of whatever it is that we're waiting for or we're praying for, that we can have peace in his sovereign plan for our lives. I think the reality is that a lot of us do the opposite of this. We, we, we just pray and check a box. And we pray because God tells us to pray. Then we check a box. I did that part. Now I'm going to do all that I can do to take control of the situation. And Paul's challenge for us to pray it doesn't include a go and do action. He says for us to pray and then trust that peace will follow. And this is where I thought when I was writing the sermon, I thought, hey, if I'm sitting out there and I'm hearing this, this is where I'm thinking, yeah, Ryan, but you don't understand what I'm going through. Right? I, I need that job now. I really want to get married now. I can't wait to have a baby. Or I need those test results because this weight is killing me. Guys, I get it. I really do. But what I'm trying to encourage us all today to realize is that Advent is a time to slow down. Something which, that I realize is not something that many of us actually like to do. And to pray with thanksgiving as we trust the Lord's timing and find peace in his grand plan. So with this, so with waiting patiently and peacefully in mind, I think there may be some things that we need to do to reorient our lives or change in our lives this holiday season in order to put this into practice. Because here's the reality. It's easy to talk about these things here in a worship service, isn't it? But the second we walk outdoor, outside, uh, we know that the world is going to do all that it can to, to stir us up again into a, a, a frenzy, into a busyness. 
And in the, so in the midst of this increasingly hurried, materialistic, and stressful pace that a lot of us carry during the holiday season, uh, I, I get that slowing down can be really hard. This is why my third point today is that the season of Advent allows us to wait purposely. To wait purposely. Waiting purposely in this season of Advent means that we intentionally think through our calendars. And we maybe eliminate some things that aren't essential so that we can purposely add meaningful things to our calendar that will help us to make the most of this season. Purposely prioritizing or guarding our time or simplifying so that we don't miss out on what's most important. For some of you guys, this may mean eliminating some things that are outside of your comfort zone. Things that maybe you've just always done because they're a family tradition or always done because uh, that's just the way that your family uh, always did this. I was over Thanksgiving. I heard this story. Gosh, I sure hope this works because I'm going to tell it. I heard this story about uh, a, a granddaughter that was sitting there watching uh, her, her mom uh, carve out a ham bone to try to get the ham to fit in a certain size pan. Uh, and she says, hey, mom, why are you carving that bone out? She says, well, I've got to make it fit in this, this certain size pan. This pan size is really important in this process. And she goes, I'm, go ask your grandma. She always did it this way. So grandma's there, so the little girl walks over and talks to grandma. She says, hey, mom's cutting the ham bone out to try to get it to fit in that certain size pan. She said, that's the way you always did it. How come you've done that that way? And she goes, I don't know. That's what my mom always did. And so great-grandmother's there, and she goes and talks to great-grandma. She goes, hey, I've talked to mom. I've talked to grandma. And she, mom's in there cutting this ham bone out to get it to fit in a certain size pan. And I'm just wondering why, why the generations of women have always cut the ham bone out to get it in that pan. She goes, that's the only size pan I ever had. Okay, it worked. Take a little bit. So my point in telling that story is like sometimes we just do things because that's the way they've always been done, and we really haven't asked the question of why they were done that way. And that's what I'm trying to prompt you guys to do as you go into Advent is to evaluate your calendars and to go, hey, what are the things that we're doing that may not make any sense, they're maybe not meaningful, and can we take some of those things off to go put some things on the calendar that are purposeful, that help us to focus on what's most important in this season. I'm not saying to take all the things off your calendar that you love. I'm not saying that at all. Uh, but you might need to say no to some of them because, guys, the reality is anytime we say yes to one thing, we're saying no to another, right? That's the reality. And, and so what does this look like for your family, for your family? Not somebody else's family, but your family. How can you be purposeful in this season? Because I can tell you that if we're not waiting with purpose, then we're probably not waiting patiently, and we're probably not waiting peacefully. And so a few things to consider in this season as you wait with purpose are, are these things, of teaching, of serving, and giving. As in regard to teaching, there may be, there, there, maybe, there are some amazing resources uh, that we've provided for you, that Advent guide that we've been talking about. There's some resources in the back. Highly encourage you to check those things out. But here's the thing, they take time, all right? We live in this information age. Information is always available to us. We have the best of this, best of that, but actually using that information is a different story. It takes time to put that into practice. So again, if you're saying yes to everything that you normally do during the season, then you might be saying no to these things. And these resources are great tools for purposeful teaching. To teach about why your family is choosing, underline choosing in your head, to slow down in this season, teach what, teaching what Advent's all about, and to constantly be reminded in this season of hope that we have to, the hope that we have in the wait for Christ's return. To constantly be reminded of that. Serving is another way you can be purposeful. Because let's face it, guys, it can be really easy to get caught up in the hype of Christmas, right? 
to start thinking about what's in it for us, uh, how, we, how we want things or how we want things to go or what we want to get or where we want to go. It can be easy to get caught up in all of that. And so serving is a great opportunity to reset our hearts towards others in the name of Christ who came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so in addition to that Advent guide we've been talking about, we also have a list of serving opportunities that are available to you uh, that we've chosen here at Crosspoint. Our missions team has put these together. And so I'd like to encourage you guys to get that, discuss it as a family, prioritize your time, talk about how you're going to give some of your time, your resources to actually go and serve others. And then giving. Guys, giving, although similar to serving, it offers another way to be purposeful. I know some families this year that have decided to take a little bit of what they normally spend on Christmas on each other or themselves and to dedicate a certain amount of that to others. Uh, Some families are talking about maybe taking a certain amount of that and giving towards the bucket ministry, maybe sponsoring a family with with clean water, or or maybe holding back some of that money they would normally give uh, to somebody else or themselves and uh, dedicated towards the Christmas Eve offering that Kai was talking about earlier, where 100% of that offering on Christmas Eve will go outside of the walls of this church and go towards church planning and, and missions. Whatever it is that relates to giving, I would encourage you guys to have that discussion as a family. Talk about how you're choosing to steward well the resources that God has entrusted you with for his kingdom. To remind ourselves that it's not all about us, it's about his grand plan and we have a part in it. Because guys, these are, just, these are just a few ways that we can be faithful as we wait. Just a few ways. And as I mentioned, we're going to talk about more of, the, more of these things in the weeks to come to help us all be reminded of the importance of this. But guys, whatever it is that you're waiting for today, can I just encourage you to wait patiently, to wait peacefully, and to wait purposely? Because guys, it's a testimony of our faith when we do these things. Just remember what James says in regard to waiting with established hearts for the coming of the Lord is near. So as we began today, I quoted the author of Ecclesiastes who says that for everything, there is a season. So my hope today, guys, is that we would not waste the season of Advent, but that we would instead optimize this season as we celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and as we long for his return. I told you this isn't a complicated message. It's a simple message, a short message. I got to tell you, since I put this together over the past couple of weeks, it's really impacted me a lot, and I'm thankful that it's simple. Let us wait patiently, let us wait peacefully, and let us wait purposely. You guys pray with me? Father, we give you praise for the opportunity to gather weekly to be reminded of your truth. God, we thank you for this season of Advent, the opportunity to be reminded of so many things, to have to look back and to be reminded of your faithfulness, that you're always true to your promises. And God, I pray that today we would latch onto those promises and we would see them as anchor points that just that, that ground us in the truth that you are always faithful to your promises and we can trust in those promises for our future, this unknown that's ahead of us, as we do know in the future that you are going to return. And so God, I just pray that you would help us to be doers of the word, that you would help us to wait patiently, to wait peacefully and purposely, no matter what it is that any of us are waiting on today. God, I just pray this, uh, that you would stir within us a desire to grow deeper in our relationship with you during this Advent than you ever have. That you would allow us to slow down, 
something we don't often like to do because when we're faced with to, to think about all kinds of stuff we don't normally like to think about. But God, as we slow down this season, I pray that you would help us to be intentional about what we are thinking about, about you, about your faithfulness, about your trustworthy, about your future return. And God, may you stir within us a deeper longing than ever before, God, to serve you well. God, to teach our, our family and friends about you and to give. God, it's just a few ways that we can be faithful as we wait. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.